On a Sunday morning in Las Vegas, I'm Brian Feldman, and this is Out of Line. We're live in the Fox Sports RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank Studio, every Sunday at 8 on Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM, Las Vegas flagship of the Vegas Golden Knights and sister station of Raiders Nation Radio. That We also typically includes social media director Spencer The Wiz Ostrovsky. Well, the Wiz and his theme music are at home right now. He is taking care of his girlfriend, Megan. I hope she's doing okay. But as you can see, he's making sure everything with the show is still on point. Appreciate that. Also, here is producer Chris Magnum Chapman, who aside from producing and being part of several shows at Lotus Broadcasting, Mags also serves as the locker room reporter for the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network and is a proud UNLV alumni now that his team is competing for a Mountain West Conference Championship football in uh, uh, the football team won big and we'll talk about that in a little bit but we are also streaming live on the LV Sports Network and you can watch the show on Facebook Live and Twitch the page is called Out of Line that's O-U-T-T-A-L-I-N-E follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Out of Line Fox LV and since we are live your calls and questions are welcome the Fox Sports RCG Home Loans powered by Luminate Bank uh, phone line is 702-876-1340. Oh, no, what's on tap? Okay. <laughs> well, what's on tap is brought to you by a uh, title sponsor, RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank. Whether purchasing a new home or refinancing the home you already own, RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank, is the company to turn to for all of your home financing needs. To get information or to get your questions answered regarding anything mortgage or real estate related, contact the pros at RCG Home Loans, powered by Lumen 8 Bank on tap, the Vegas Golden Knights. Their roughest week of this early season, I wouldn't be too alarmed, still the best record in the National Hockey League, and um, a defenseman that doesn't usually score a lot of goals had two Friday night. We'll talk about that. William Carlson leads the way as far as total points go, both goals and assists. He's the number one guy on the team at this point, and of course, uh, as, I, as I said at the top of the show, Barry Odom has UNLV football at the brink of something they haven't done in an awful, awful long time. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And uh, we are going to be joined today by UNLV Running Rebels head coach Kevin Kruger uh, coming off of a win yesterday against Stetson after a real tough loss in the opener Wednesday night versus Southern. Looking forward to having Kevin on. Also, uh, as you can see, if you're watching on Facebook Live, I'm wearing a UNLV jersey. Well, this number was retired, hung in the rafters at the Thomas and Mack Center yesterday. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. And um, I think we all know maybe the biggest sports story yesterday in all of sports. Uh, I would say it's the biggest one, and it involves college football and the number two team in the country, the Michigan Wolverines, who uh, are undefeated, and their head coach is suspended again. Will he ever even coach for the University of Michigan? We'll find out. We'll talk about that in a little bit, and that segues into the bones. Spencer not going to be able to do that today, so Mags and I'll try to hold down the Raiders talk, but um, that's kind of why we're bringing up Harbaugh 
as well. Interesting stuff. I'm sure that just put thoughts in your head. We'll talk about that also. It's week 10 in the NFL, and of course, we've got our pick segment. We went 3-1 and one last week. Uh, the one guy that lost, it's a little bit surprising. He studies it as much as anybody, but we'll talk about that as well. And that is, of course, what is on tap today. Once again, brought to you by title sponsor, um, RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Banks. And if you are looking to buy a home or refinance the home you currently own or have any mortgage or real estate-related questions, contact the pros at RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank. And before we even get started today, I just wanted to say um, it is uh, it would, would have been my mother's 83rd birthday today. I want to wish her a happy, heavenly birthday. Miss her every day. Not a day goes by, Mom, that I don't think about you. I know I'm just talking into a microphone, but I always feel when uh, I bring you up or think about you that you're here in your presence. So um, a tremendous woman, tremendous influence in my life and deserves definitely 30 seconds of a mention on her heavenly birthday today. And uh, miss you, Mom. So that being said, uh, a lot to talk about today. So let's get right to this thing and hit nightcap. Hockey players, as you know, are warriors. They don't give up. They come to play every game. It's time for Nightcap, a cup full of the Vegas Golden Knights. From highlights to interviews to special events, the puck starts here. After losing two straight, the Vegas Golden Knights won Friday uh, against San Jose, 5 to nothing. Aiden Hill gets his second shutout of the season. And Chris, Alex Martinez scores two goals in that game. Not a guy known for offense. There's no question. Alex knows this himself. Alex. He's, Alex, excuse me. I meant Alex. He, he is at the tail end of his uh, NHL career. Maybe another year, two probably at the most. Uh, still as good of a shot blocker as maybe there ever was in the National Hockey League. Every year he's in the league. It reminds me of Chet Lemon when he played for the Tigers years ago. He Every year he led the majors in getting hit by pitches. And it's kind of like uh, Alec Martinez leads the league. And it's not even usually close how many shots he blocks per season. That guy just puts himself in harm's way all the time, Chris. As good as anybody that I said, just said has ever played the game and doing it. And it's nice to see him getting rewarded offensively a little bit here at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, let, let's not forget, he also scored a goal in the Stanley Cup yeah, in, in the clinching, clinching game. Almost, almost held on to be the winner, which would have been really amazing because that would have meant Alec Martinez would have had two Stanley Cup clinching goals in his career, which is, I don't know how many people could say that they've actually done that. But, uh, you know, he he's the type of player who he, he does things that will help you win games all the time. Like, he, he doesn't score a ton of goals, but like the thing is like with that guy, he just loves playing the game. Like he goes out there and he plays and he doesn't care about his body. He's willing to sacrifice. I mean, I, I wouldn't play the game that way. Look, I I've never been hit by a puck going 85 miles an hour, but I've been hit by a baseball and it freaking hurts. So he's, he's played, played through some unbelievable injuries. Um, what, what happened to him a couple of years ago with the skate, Obviously, a, a, a moment where he was really close to maybe walking away from the game. No doubt. And the fact that he's come back and he's been every bit the player that he was before that injury, 
Man, I mean, speaks volumes of who he is. And look at his well, look at his face. I mean, he is a tattered warrior. This guy's yeah. loaded with scars. You can just see he is. When you say you know, overused, maybe the epitome of a hockey player. But that would be Alec Martinez, man. He is the epitome of a defenseman in the National Hockey League. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, he 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 blocks shots. I mean. Him and Brady McNabb, they eat them up like like Pac Man eats up power. As good as any Jeez, just, any defenseman in the, in the I league. I just dated myself there, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, he he's he's just the type of for for him to score two goals the other night. First of all, is is really cool because yeah. I think I think he's a guy that everyone on the team loves, and I think he's the guy. Look, I mean, you and him share that common bond of being long suffering Lions fans. No doubt, he's as happy as I am right now. About you know, I mean, he he's as hardcore as it comes, yeah. but um, you know, he he. Look, he, he it's I think with some players they just have that that dog mentality and Alec Martinez is that guy who says, Look, you know what? I'm gonna go out there, I'm gonna play my ass off every single game. I don't care about my body. I wanna winning is more important than than how I feel in the morning. There's no question. That, there's not a lot of players like that. No, and, and and there's not a lot of goaltenders that wouldn't say they would love a guy like Alec Martinez playing in front of him. He's a guy that every now and again, a, an errant puck is going to get in the neck. As uh, Bruce Cassidy would say, a greasy goal is going to get scored against him because Alec Martinez is blocking so many shots that once in a while it's going to have a bad ricochet. But he is such a valuable asset. And like you said, Chris, a very popular player amongst the Golden Knights. And speaking of pop Popular players, maybe the most popular player on that team, the quiet assassin, William Carlson, uh, just off to a magnificent start. The best start he's been off to since the inaugural season when he scored 43 goals. This guy, again, has become a serious offensive threat. He's got more points than games played at this point, Chris. That means he's averaging more than a point a game. Pretty damn impressive that he's got 18 points right now in 15 games and is... You know, Chris, to say this guy is now respected amongst all of the NHL might be an understatement. And it's funny, as he was an afterthought when he left Columbus a few years back to become a Vegas Golden Knights. You know, not one of the ten most most coveted players, obviously, but a guy they weren't really worried about losing. He has come here and been nothing but a rock and a staple. And as much as Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be revered for being one of the inaugural Vegas Golden Knights, I know Jonathan Marchessault cemented himself by winning the Conn Smythe last year after the Stanley Cup playoffs. But William Carlson, man, if you're going to start erecting statues to inaugural Golden Knights, you might start with Marc-Andre Fleury, but I think the next one you'd erect, Chris, would be William Carlson. Yeah, I mean, look, William Carlson just goes out there. Another guy, I, I don't want to say he's quiet. I mean, I think, I, think, I think that's a bit of a myth, but... Well, to the media. I'm well, talking well, about he, in general. Look, he's the, a soft-spoken guy when it comes to talking to the media. He doesn't want to talk about hockey. No, I, or I himself. Or yeah. himself. He, a he, humble dude. He, he enjoys talking about other things other than hockey, which is always fun because he, he's a very interesting guy. Um, but, but Brian, I mean, he, he's a guy who, for a, a while, it seemed like fell out of favor with the fans, which is ridiculous because he did so many other things that help you win hockey games. Obviously, scoring goals is really important, but you also need those guys who are willing to go out there. William Carlson gets to the corners, does all the dirty work to help set up goals. And, you know, I, I think people were maybe wondering if there was going to be a fall off from him because he wasn't playing with Marsha, so he wasn't playing with Riley Smith. And the guy's having a, a, a great season so far. We're, we're 13 games in and or, or 14 games in. I don't even know. I lost track already. But, I mean, he's, what are they, 12, 1 and 1? Is that is that what we're looking at? 12 one one? 12 12 2 and 1. 12 2 and 1. So 15 games in. Yep. And the guy's having a phenomenal season. I mean, it's it's look, I mean, 
Will he keep it up? I don't know. I don't care. Uh, he, he, he does so many things that help this team win, and he's a well-respected leader in that locker room. He wears the A on his, on his sweater, which is really cool. I don't know if that's something anyone ever would have anticipated the day that we heard his name drafted uh, at that, at that um, expansion draft six, seven years ago. But, Brian, I mean, the guy quietly has gone out there, and he's had a great start to his season. He keeps it up. He might be nominated for a Selkie Award with the way he plays the 200-foot game. I agree with you, and I think, you know, he is a player, as upset as everyone was when Marc-Andre Fleury was, was shipped out, if they got rid of William Carlson, I think there would be just as big of an outcry. He is definitely a fan favorite, a guy people go to see. And it's funny because the first year I remember talking about what jerseys should you get for players, um, you know, that, that will be around a while. And I got Marc-Andre Fleury only because you knew it was going to be an iconic jersey, bona fide Hall of Famer. But I also ended up getting a William Carlson jersey kind of by chance. You know, he got off to the hot start, and I just went out and got it. I'm so happy I have this inaugural season William Carlson jersey, I mean, or a sweater, I should say. This guy is just the epitome of what the Vegas Golden Knights are all about, man. Great to see. Uh, kind of funny at the parade last year. Mixed emotions about that. But um, this guy is a staple of rock, especially this season. He, again, off to a magnificent start. And just a guy that always shows up. Very, very seldom do you see William Carlson a scratch. Uh, because he's never going to be a healthy scratch. And the only time he'd ever be a scratch is if he was hurt. And he just does, doesn't happen to him often. Vegas Golden Knights now five games on the road starting Tuesday at Washington. They're not back at T-Mobile Arena for almost two weeks. It'll be actually two weeks from yesterday when they finally get back uh, back to the friendly confines of T-Mobile Arena. That um, I'm, I'm not too worried about them. I don't think that the road trip is going to uh, is going to really hurt them. As a matter of fact, I think it's kind of a good test for them. We knew this was going to happen. Some tough games mixed in there. Again, they go to Washington. They'll play the Canadians. Uh, that, you know, never an easy game in Canada, even though the Canadians maybe aren't aren't at their best. Uh, you know, they play again, then they go to Philadelphia, and then, of course, uh, Pittsburgh and Dallas before they come back to play the Coyotes on the 25th. But I think the five-game road trip, you know, I could see them win three or four games out of this trip. The Golden Knights just are clicking in all cylinders. They're getting great goaltender again, as I mentioned at the top of the segment, Aiden Hill with his second shutout of the season now. This team is going to be a force to be reckoned with wherever they go. Yeah, they've got a target on their heads for being the Stanley Cup champions, but I don't think it matters to them, man. They just play together. They come to play every night, and it seems not to matter who they put on the ice. They mesh with this team, and that's what I like about them so much is the depth of this team. you got so many guys that are either scratched or playing in Henderson that would see the ice on almost any other team in the National Hockey League, and, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to what happens the rest of the way in this season, and uh, I'm looking forward to what's going to happen with the team that we're about to talk about right now. We don't want to be judged on anything that happened before we started together. And that's only fair. So let's judge on what this team does. Um, let's make a name for ourselves. Let's go to work and approach every single day with a chip on our shoulder and understanding that we've got really good players. Um, fortunate that I think the coaching staff builds a winning game plan each week. And then how well can we prepare uh, to get ready to go play winning ball? Um, but the history of uh, what this program has been, uh, you know, good and bad. I, I didn't want it to define this team. It, it's not, you know, it's a new team. You get to write your story. And if it's a blank sheet, you got the pen in your hand, you get to write it. And I think that's a really good approach when you look at life. You know, there, there's going to be things that are handed to you that, that maybe 
uh, you did or did not earn up to that point, and you know, let's let's change it. Let's change the narrative. Let's let's be uh, what we want to be known for, and how we want to go work, and how we're going to play, and how we're going to love each other, and play hard, and care about each other, and become the best team this team can be for the 2023 season. I got to tell you, I love this guy. I really do. He says the right things. I love his approach. I love the the respect and admiration that his players have for him and talk about what a great coach he is. Most of the players, when you talk to them, you know, they have high school coaches that they probably respect and love, but they say almost unequivocally that Barry Odom is the best coach they've ever played for, and you see it all over again yesterday. Big win. They got up 21 to nothing by the end of the first quarter. They were rolling. Uh, Jordan Maeva puts the ball on the ground, which is something that, you know, he only did that once yesterday, but he has had a little bit of problems. I was kind of joking around, and I meant to look and I forgot to see if he had the Kenny Pickett syndrome of small hands because again he just simply fumbled a snap that really turned the momentum of the game initially the second quarter was completely owned by Wyoming after that fumble they scored two unanswered touchdowns they're driving to get the third one and then you had the other momentum shift when Cam Oliver picks one off at about the two yard line basically the goal line and um, it was gigantic it kept the it kept uh, UNLV up by a touchdown going into halftime and then they never looked back. Uh, the, the the second half was more defensive-oriented, but UNLV did not give up a point in the second half, which shows you what I've always said about great coaches, Chris, is when you go to halftime, you make adjustments, and you see what a coach can do by the adjustments that are made in the locker room at halftime. You saw Barry Odom make the adjustments against Wyoming. After Wyoming scores two unanswered touchdowns in the second quarter, UNLV shut them out the rest of the way, and that is defense we have not seen at UNLV since I've been covering the team since 2012, and I'll even go back to 2004 when I moved here. I don't remember a team that looked as good defensively as UNLV LV looked in the second half yesterday. This is something, and wow, clicking in all cylinders at the right time, Chris. And I'll just go a little bit further and to say, oh my God, Air Force has lost two weeks in a row, and Fresno State just got it handed to him yesterday in, in shocking fashion. Man, UNLV right now controls their destiny to be the Mountain West Conference champions in the regular season and maybe even win the Mountain West Conference championship game. To say that I'm blown away is an understatement. Even though I really like Barry Odom, there is no way in hell I or anybody that knows anything saw this coming. Yeah, Brian. I mean, we were at the game Friday night. We both decided to to go see the Rebels instead of the, the Golden Knights and the San Jose Sharks. And look, I mean, there, there there's so many things that I could say but what I what I like about what I'm seeing is the attitude of the players. Like, and the fact that so many players are getting involved. Like, Belonge had a touchdown reception the other night. And then he comes back and follows it up later in the game in the fourth quarter with a huge reception. I think it was on third down to give the Rebels a big first down to keep that clock going. Uh, look, the, the running backs, they've got multiple running backs. Donovan Lester uh, just... A, a great season for him, uh, Brian. This team is, is is really clicking, and you know the what what we were there. We sit together, and a couple of us were talking about it at, at halftime. Look, this game is going to come down to adjustments. And the Rebels came out in that first drive of the third quarter. They didn't score a touchdown, but they they looked better than they did in the second quarter. And then this, then they made a stop. They got the ball back, went down, and scored. And you knew at that point that this team was was cooking yeah. with fire. 
Uh, Barry Odom has this team really, really playing good football. It's the first time. Look, I've been here since 1999, and I bumped into to our friend Joe Rigo after the game, and I, I, I said to him, he, w- he was talking with, with uh, a parent of, I believe, a recruit, and I said to him, I said, man, I said, I have been here since 1999, and this is the first time in, nine, in, in 24 years that I have said UNLV has a good football team. Not a, not a team that's 6-6, six and six, it's going to squeak in to a bowl game, they need to win the last game of the season to, to get bowl eligibility. No, this team is 8-2. and two. Barry Odom, th- th- this stat will blow you away. I think I told I you on you Friday told me, night. You told me. Eight wins on the season. He is already the 10th winningest football coach in UNLV history. How amazing is that? Like, the football team has been around since the late 60s. And with eight wins, the guy's already in the top 10 wins list. Look, he's not going to be here long, which is a good thing. I keep saying that. I harp on that. The guy you got to watch for is Brennan Marion. We'll see what happens with him in the offseason, but he is he is going to be a hot commodity. I'll say this last thing. Look, um, you, you you got the the win um, with, with Barry Odom the, the, the other night, and, and I, I just lost my train of thought. But if Brennan Marion leaves, right, he's the offensive coordinator, you still have to feel pretty good because Barry Odom hired Bobby Petrino. That's now, right. it, did, it didn't work out, right? Bobby was gone but in weeks. But it shows his ability. But it shows that he's got the ability to yeah. go out and get good coaches to work for him. And, and look, you, you can't be more proud of the team. No, and, and as an alumni, Chris, I'm sure you, Spencer, sitting at home right now, are beaming right now, as you should be. It's really nice to see from an outside perspective. I've kind of adopted UNLV as a side alma mater, but I will say this, what's really cool, too. You know, this team, all kinds of tremendous things. Uh, one, Ricky White, is he an NFL receiver? I'll tell you what, he definitely has NFL hands and ability. It's all going to be about his speed, but I think he has potential to be a possession slot-wide receiver in the NFL because of the way he runs away at people, the way he controls his body, and the way we've seen unbelievable catches over the back of other players, over his shoulder. This guy can make every catch available. It's just a matter of, is he going to get a look in the second? Well, he, he, he helps Jaden Maivea out. No, right? no, no because, question about because it. Because Maivea, freshman, he's, he, look, he, the guy doesn't make a ton of mistakes throwing the ball. He, he gets a little sloppy carrying the ball. But, like, he, he, Ricky White has been a, a crutch for him. Oh, it's it's I'm I'm dying to interview Ricky White to ask him what made him leave MSU when he was a starter there, had an unbelievable game against Michigan a couple of years ago where Michigan State beat Michigan and then he ends up at UNLV was shocked by that. And another guy, Jose Pisano, man, is a guy that just doesn't miss no missed extra points this for the, year for the, for the Groza, Groza Award. Yeah. I was gonna say he is a semifinalist for the Lou Groza Award, the best kicker in the country, and is gonna get a shot to play on Sundays, but I just don't know if he has the distance. But inside of fifty yards, the one of the most consi- consistent kickers in college football. I want to quickly get to it. Another leader, a guy that transferred because of Barry Odom, Jackson Woodard, who came here from Arkansas, also from Arkansas, got a chance to talk to him after the game yesterday, and uh, really love this kid. I think you will, too. Jackson Woodard, junior transfer and uh, captain of this defense. Talk about that. It's huge. Uh, You know, it's why we work so hard in the summer. Um, As soon as we got here, we went to work. Coaches has that winning attitude, um, and it's infectious. But one game at a time, one rep at a time, which I want. This game, the ebb and flow of it, it started so fast for you guys. You're up 21 to nothing in the basement before you even know what's going on. 
Ken and Jordan has that fumble, it seemed like momentum changed. All of a sudden, they get 14 quick points, but then Cam gets that interception right at the end of the half. Talk about the ebb and flow and how that went and how big that interception was to change the momentum again. Yeah, I said it earlier, it's the biggest play of the game. You know, Cam's a huge, big playmaker. Uh, he comes to practice, works really hard every day. Uh, and to make a play like that, it's unbelievable. It changed, you know, the trajectory of the game. Um, then we just came out in the second half and just played ball. This, this community is not used to 8-2 for UNLV. Yeah. Especially the one thing that they've been lacking on the football team has been defense. Yeah. Defense has been a problem. This defense looks pretty strong. Probably the best defense I've seen since I've been covering this team. Talk about the defensive philosophy and what you guys do to make this team so defensive. Coach Shear is unbelievable. He gives us such a good game plan every single week. And it's kind of easy for us. We do what you know he says. We go out and just do our job, and you know we're going to be successful. I got to ask you, why you went over? You're a guy from Arkansas. You had little rock out, so you played at Arkansas, and you transferred to Why? Well, you know I decided to get the portal, and Coach Odom's the best coach I've ever had um, in all levels of sports, and I could not follow him. Um, you know he's an amazing man, amazing coach. Um, he's changed my life for sure. So. You know, and then obviously, Las Vegas is an awesome place to be, so, you know, why not? Like the crowd house at Legion Stadium. I love it. Place. And they're getting louder and louder each time, so, you know, huge shout out to the fans that come out. They, they make it a big home field advantage for us um, when we're playing here. You know, they're getting loud on third down, so it, it's awesome. Finally, two games left to go. You guys do control your destiny. You can potentially win the Mountain West, which was probably beyond, maybe not your expectation, but everyone out here, if they're being honest, it was beyond our expectations. Uh, what do you guys got to do in these next two games to shore this up and possibly have 10 wins on the season? Yeah, just go out and win. I mean, winning's the ultimate goal. I keep saying it, winning's everything. So, you know, it's on to the next after, you know, you celebrate a little bit, but it's on to the next. Um, and win each rep um, every day, you know, get in the film room and Incredible kid, incredible team. Looking forward to what they do next. Let's move on. Good transition uh, to the other UNLV uh, focused team here in Vegas. And I talked about a number that got retired yesterday. I'm wearing that jersey. I'm an acquaintance of Anderson Hunt uh, through mutual friends and uh, spent some time watching different games with Anderson. And I got a great jersey on that's signed by Anderson. I'm wearing it today. Go ahead, uh, Spence, hit that. The UNLV career leader in three-pointers made with 283 and the 13th leading all-time scorer in program history with 1,632 career points. Anderson's a member of the UNLV Athletics Hall of Fame, inducted as part of the class of 2022. Anderson's number 12 is the 12th player jersey to be raised to the rafters here at the Thomas & Mack Center. Just the, the, him coming back and is, is special. I mean, he's somebody when I was, you know, a kid growing up, we were living in Florida at the time, pretending to be him, pretending to be Greg Anthony in my driveway, um, and to, to just be here and a part of the program while his, while his jersey goes up um, where it belongs is, uh, is special. But just happy for him. I mean, that's got to that's be 30-plus years in, in, the, in, in the waiting. So... Um, but Anderson's great, and uh, we like him to be around and be around the guys as much as possible. 
And, of course, that was uh, Coach Kevin Kruger after the game talking about uh, Kev, um, Anderson Hunt getting his jersey lifted to the rafters. Uh, pretty darn cool. Uh, Coach Kevin Kruger joins the show now. Uh, Kevin, a special moment and uh, pretty cool that you got to be the one to make the call to Anderson. I guess he didn't recognize your number at first, so he didn't answer the phone. Then he listened to the message, called you right back. Uh, got to be thrilling for you. And what was it like, man, making that call to a guy that is so deserved of having his if his numbers lifted raised to the rafters oh special i mean it, you know like i said uh i, I feel uh, honored just to be a part of the program as the jersey went up into the rafters but uh being a player i think you, you just you, you can feel how special that must have been for anderson and uh, for all the the wins and the work he had put into unlv um being around the program around, around the guys uh I know it was special to him and and to his circle, so uh, I was just happy to be a part of it. Meant the world to him. You don't see Anderson Hunt in a suit very often, so you know how much it meant to him to put that on. But it was a really cool, um, a really cool experience, and I was really happy I got an opportunity to be there and see that. I remember, like a lot of guys, I was much younger then as you were as well. You know, as you talked about out in the driveway, uh, pretending to be Anderson Hunt and Greg Anthony. I remember watching that UNLV team, and that year, 1990, was so special. I mean, when you use the, the, the word juggernaut, maybe overused at times, it wasn't that word. They blew out Duke in that game, and Duke was a pretty fine basketball team and program, and it just accentuated what Jerry Tarkanian had built and done in this program, and then uh, trans going forward, the program has has taken different turns and different uh, different different uh, a different dynamic over time. You came in a couple of years ago. Um, this is the third season, uh, and and looking forward to it. You had a lot of movement in the portal. You were able to retain some players, and then that first opening game. You know, nobody really knew what to expect. They were excited. I know you were missing some players, and that wasn't maybe talked about enough after that first game. But you know, it is the first game. Kevin, if you can, because I definitely want to get the stats in and talk about positive stuff for sure, but that game, I, I got to tell you, it shocked me. I hadn't seen UNLV play like that in a long time. What was it like to you? Because you you looked like you were standing there a couple times like, oh my God, what's going on here? Yeah, I mean, it shocked us too. Um, you know, we had two closed-door scrimmages. We've uh, been together as a group for months, and uh, that was, without question, um, our worst performance. And uh but again, you got to give credit, you know, Southern came out and they punched us in the mouth and, uh, and then they punched us again. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, an accident. We were timid uh, and we just didn't quite do what we needed to do. Um, so I, I felt like yesterday was much more uh, of a symbol of, of what we're like and what we're going to be like. But uh, yeah, that, that uh, was an unfortunate opening. But uh, I do feel that yesterday was more of the team we're going to see for the year. Yeah, and you alluded to that yesterday in the press conference, and you said it. You said the one thing you said at the, towards the end of the press conference. And there's no doubt you were pissed off, and you had a right to be. I mean, it's it's not what you expected. The team had performed better at practice, like you said, and that was a shocker. But it's game one; those things happen. I watched James Madison beat my alma mater, Michigan State. That those things happen at the beginning of the season when everyone's getting a feel for themselves. And I don't think that people maybe understood that Southern's not not too but not too shabby of a basketball team. They they played well, and again, they were so lights out from the perimeter. That's just not going to happen on a nightly basis to teams that are going to get that hot from shooting. But moving forward, 
you go forward to Stetson. And like you said, at the end of the press conference, you're going to see a different team on Saturday. I can say firsthanded, I did. Much better defensive effort. DJ, a guy that everyone has been talking about, what this guy brings, how talented he is going to be at the point guard position, given the time to develop. And we saw a little bit of that on Sunday. I saw two layups. One contested layup that, wow, that is as good of a D1 college move as you are going to see. Almost an NBA type of layup. Talk about this team, his leadership, and what you're going to expect from him and what you expect from this team over the course of the season. Yeah, I think DJ, you know, of course, you you know, he's supposed to be a senior in high school right now. So uh, we know that just guys at that age, I mean, how much they progress week in and week out, week out is, uh, is, is, is hard to quantify. But, that, but he's somebody that's gotten better. You know, for, we've been recruiting him for four years and, uh, or three years. And then, you know, coming here, we've got a lot of opportunities to watch him. And, uh, and he's gotten better. And he's gotten better since Wednesday. And I think he'll be better on Friday. And, you know, he's one of those guys that I think just will continue to get better. But uh, a great night, nine assists, no turnovers. You know, we, we had zero turnovers in the first half. So the guys clearly uh, had a little different mentality of taking care of the ball. And uh, we talked, we tell the guys a lot. We feel that we've got enough talent. We've got enough experience that if we can get enough shots up at the rim and, and guard the way that we've been guarding, uh, that we'll have a chance to win every single game. And we didn't do that on Wednesday. We took early, quick shots that were out of rhythm, and then we had to try and guard. Then we went down and shot it quickly again and then had to guard. And that's tough. And last night you could, you could see with the group there was a, a little bit of a maybe an, an exhale, you know, of, of let's share the ball, let's get it side to side, let's get it where it needs to get to, let's get paint touches. And, you know, we get, end up getting a, a lead up to 26 points at one point. So um, they, uh, just a tale of two games, really. But I'm not one for completely just burying, you know, game film in the in the yard and for, you know, ne- pretending it never happened. But uh, we are going to take a lot more from last night's game as opposed to Wednesday moving on here for a full week now to prepare for Pepperdine. I don't blame you, and, and Kevin, I would bury that first game. I don't need to watch that again. Use what happened yesterday going forward. And you saw a lot of stuff yesterday, and one of the guys that I know you're going to be counting on this year, a returning player in Luis Rodriguez, a, a guy that uh, a guy that is gritty, a guy that has a big heart, you can see, a motor that seems to run all the time. Right after the press conference, before you walked in there, I had a chance to go outside real quick and speak with Luis about this team, the first game, and also about a late alley-oop that never happened. Uh, watch this right here. This is uh, talking to Luis after the game. So talking to uh, Luis Rodriguez, second game, um, how much better do you feel tonight than you did today than you did after Wednesday's game? Um, just an all-around team effort. We felt better. We just, you know, had more of a chip on our shoulder after that horrible performance we had on Wednesday or whenever our last game was. And uh, just ready to go, man. Wednesday, ready to go. So uh, learn from Wednesday's game. Try to implement today the better pieces and just be better all around. Just real quick about Wednesday's game. What what happened? I mean, what how do you what how do you explain that when someone asks you, Luis, what happened? You just say you know uh, they got off to a start. We let them get their confidence up early, and then they just never looked back. And we weren't able to make the key plays down the stretch that we need to make or just make plays to you know get back into it, get the crowd going. Uh, we didn't shoot the ball as well as we did tonight, so that's another thing. But uh, we just couldn't get the stops we wanted, and uh, we just had to learn from that. It was a hard film session, but uh, it ultimately, I think it's going to make us better in the long run. What, what happened between Wednesday and now? I mean, definitely I mean, defensively, yeah. a way better effort tonight. We just went to work. You know, we watched the film over and over. Uh, 
defended pick and roll coverage in practice and just told ourselves we're going to be better. That wasn't who we were. Wednesday, that wasn't our team. That's not our identity. So uh, we just told ourselves, let's be better. Let's give the crowd a better performance, and that's what we're going to do. So we was locked in the last two days, got better, and that showed today. You and Caleb Boone at the end of the game, you had that missed alley -oop. I know you don't like that. What did yeah. Coach Kruger say anything about that? To yeah, he wasn't too mad. He know we, you know, wanted to get a fan something. Uh, I just think, you know, we gotta, you know, every bucket counts. So we'll finish it. It'll come back around. He'll dunk. He'll dunk it. Mean, so <laughs> I ain't worried. About Last question. Yeah. You know, getting Caleb Boone obviously tonight. Yeah. You saw a difference. You can sure. see what the presence that he brings. Yeah. And also, I think uh, DJ also played yeah. better tonight, yeah. Yeah. you know, as far as distributing the basketball, some big early hoops. Talk about the importance of those two going forward. Uh, just huge. Now, DJ, the scary thing about him is he's only going to get better as the season get on. He's a freshman, a true freshman, so he's, you know, taking his battle scars right now, getting better. But uh, by the end of the year, you know, he's projected preseason freshman of the year. He'll, he, he's getting that without a doubt. And KB, you know, if, he, if we keep bringing him off the bench, he's six men of the year without a doubt in my mind. So uh, two important pieces of what we're trying to do, and they'll be important when we go on our run this year. Very last thing, Coach Kruger. Talk yeah. to me about Coach Kruger, your relationship yeah. with him, second year now with Coach yeah. Kruger. Talk about him and what he brings to this team. I love team. Coach. He brings energy, intensity. Uh, you know, his dad is a Hall of Famer, so, you know, he's learning from his dad as well, and uh, he just brings everything to us. I mean, he's an energy, energetic coach. He's a player's coach. You know, uh, he's always uplifting us, you know, and uh, I, I love Coach. I really do. I think everything he's done here and how, you know, we built culture here, you know, it all starts with him and his staff and uh, it's just, it's tremendous. So I'm just happy to be a part of it. What do you think of that coach? Yeah, you're going to make me cry. Pretty damn cool. You know, he's a good kid. And uh, and, and I like seeing that. Well-disciplined, uh, well-mannered class. Uh, I'm sure what you want these players to exude when you're they're representing, you know, the running rebels. Without question, I think Lou's a perfect example of uh, we talk a lot about making mistakes, but making them with activity, uh, energy. Um, you know, Lou will be the first to admit he didn't play a perfect game, but you can live with a lot of the, the mistakes Lou makes uh, that because he plays so hard and, and he wants to win and he wants to be out there and he wants to compete. And um, and that's why Lou's been such a, a cornerstone of the program for last year and going forward this year. And, and as he mentioned, you know, he talked about the, the compliments he gives his teammates you know he, he was quick to you know he's already pegged dj freshman of the year no doubt you know if caleb continues to come off the bench sixth man of the year no doubt you know he's got that that love for the group and uh and, and that's what makes this this team i think still has a chance to be special and uh but but like he said you know the the biggest difference from wednesday to to saturday was our pick and roll coverage it was uh it was non-existent on wednesday um we were standing next to our guys way too much and worrying way too much about our guy and uh last night was i think uh you know much more of a of, of kind of a shell drill and we were in great spots and we played for each other and we held a team that is a great shooting team um they'll probably lead it'll be up there in the tops of the country with three point field per field goal percentage sorry that's a mouthful but, you know to hold them for to 23 percent is much more what we what we want to do and how we envision ourselves 
Kevin, very, very low turnover. As a matter of fact, you almost got through the game without a turnover yesterday. Pretty damn impressive. And the other thing that was pretty damn impressive, you know, you talked about, uh, you know, the, a couple of freshmen. How about, you know, the, the Vegas local guys? You know, as Cottrell's going to get better and better as the season goes on. You can see with his size and his athleticism. But how about Jalen Hill last night? I said at the end of the first half, I'm like, God, that guy's been all over the glass. And I look and he's got seven boards. Well, he follows it up with the same thing in the second half. His effort never wavered. And he gets a double-double yesterday, uh, and like you kind of alluded to, quietly, I just was paying attention to the rebounding uh, as, as that's such a big key, important part of the game, and especially Stenson had some height, and uh, Jalen Hill just kept saying, no, it's my ball. Well, yeah, and we're a, we're a program that likes to typically switch four. Uh, we like to switch four guards kind of around our center position, and just the center stays guarding the center, um, but Stetson was unique. Uh, because, and we could we had also played Thompson at Minnesota last year, so we were a little more we were a little familiar with his abilities. Um, so you know we had to change it up and switch three. So which meant Jalen stayed with the, his guy, uh, Caleb Isaiah stayed with the five man. Rob stayed with the big Rob Whaley stayed with the big guy, which is a little bit of a challenge. You know both of them gave up a lot of height to those two, but Jalen just he battles. He can guard five positions, which I think gives us a, a little bit of a, a unique scouting report because he can guard bigs he can guard littles and uh but last night his ability to to make sure that we didn't get hurt on on the offensive glass going against i mean if thompson's not seven feet he's close to it and i think uh Gatterets might be actually looking down at seven feet so uh, to give up that type of height but then win the rebounding battle um was without a doubt uh, if you combine that with the turnovers um, the the reason we won the game. A difference in the game, no question about it. And you could see that the runner Rebels took pride in their defensive prowess last night. And as long as they continue to do that, uh, there's an, a, a tremendous potential upside. Finally, Kevin, uh, going looking forward now, you get a little bit of a break. You go to Pepperdine, your first road game, and then you come home, a power conference team in Florida State, power five conference team in Florida State. Um Getting forward, getting these guys ready for their first road game. Pepperdine is going to be no walk in the park. And then again, coming back to play against a Florida State team. What are you doing now with this week of preparation? Yeah, so we got a, we got four days here in preparation for Pepperdine, knowing it's going to be a really tough, tough game. First uh, true road game. We did play a closed-door scrimmage at SC, but no fans, of course. And uh, so, But again, this, you know, this non-conference schedule – I mean, I don't think you, you could sit in a room and kind of almost debate, well, which one's the, the easiest one? Well, which one's the hardest one? Because, uh, you know, I don't think any are easy. I think they're all difficult. Obviously, Colorado, Florida State, Creighton, St. Mary's all have, you know, the, the, the reputation and the preseason expectations. But the, the non-conference schedule was put together for a reason. We thought this was an experienced group that would really guard people. And we wanted to go out and, you know, we didn't just want to go you – know, just form it some, some sort of schedule that didn't challenge the guys or, or maybe uh, wasn't realistic getting ready for for a conference. So every night's going to be a fight. And uh, this uh, this group, in part, a lot of the reason that these guys came here. Um, we had talked about it. The schedule was set up. I know talking to you know Jalen during the recruiting, talking to even Webb and Lou about coming back and using their bonus year, um, DJ coming early, you know, those types of things. Um, they all revolved around the, the opportunity to play at different places, play different programs, play all over the country, and, uh, and that's what we're doing.
And they're all here and uh, played well yesterday against Stenson. Wish you a lot of luck going forward, Coach. I, it's a tough season, and luck is something that you definitely need because anything can happen on ev- any given night. But uh, hope the running Rebels can parlay off of yesterday's game and continue going forward and have success. Appreciate you taking the time out this morning on a Sunday to join the show, but it looks like you're already at work anyway. Yep. I'm in this morning. So, but thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. Of course. And once again, uh, that is a running Rebels head coach, Kevin Kruger. Always appreciate and taking time out to, to uh, enjoy the game and really happy uh, for a couple different reasons that, that they won yesterday. Obviously, I would have hated if something had different happened. Uh, that would have been a much tougher interview because Kevin's one of the nicest guys you were going to meet. And I wish him nothing but a world of success. I know that all my colleagues and other people I talk to and attend the games with feel the exact same way. We wish him a lot of success and hope UNLV can. Uh, uh, the basketball can maybe catch this fire that is going on just down the road at Allegiant Stadium with their football team. Uh, but it's nice to see UNLV uh, get a couple of wins on the weekend. It was pretty cool. Listen, we got to move over to the Bones. Spencer not able to join us today. But um, last week, uh, a, a lot of stuff happening here in Las Vegas with the Raiders. After the Lions game, the Tuesday after, you hear that uh, Mark Davis goes around apologizing to all the players in the locker room about the bad season. Fires uh, the coach, fires the general manager elevates uh, Antonio Pierce, former Super Bowl champion linebacker, to the interim head coaching position. He gets a win against his former team, the New York Giants, last week. And, of course, the other New York team in town to play tonight at Allegiant Stadium. But, um, you know, after the game, the one thing, you know, a couple of things, aside from the coach getting fired, Jimmy Garoppolo gets benched, him and his $67 million contract, and they bring in the rookie from Purdue, um, Aiden O'Connell, played decently. I mean, the bottom line is uh, they only gave up six points. The defense played really well, and Aiden O'Connell did his job for the most part, threw a couple of bad passes, but you're going to expect that from a rookie. After the game, a guy that didn't get a lot of catches definitely expressed a little bit of unhappiness. He's a team player, uh, but it was uh, Devontae Adams. I talked to him about Aiden O'Connell's presence in the huddle and what kind of a leadership he, co- he commands uh, on this team, and I talked to him about that after last week's game. How did you feel Aiden O'Connell played at his command in the huddle? I think he did a, a great job out there. I mean, his his presence in the huddle is it's not like anything like a rookie normally would look like. So uh, his comfortability in there, obviously the guys are doing a good job making sure he feels comfortable in there. Um, and, and he knows the sky's the limit for him. So he's just got to continue doing what he's doing. And, you know, we'll be all right. You know, and and I don't know about be all right. I know that Devontae Adams has to be in any offensive mix with any team that he's on. Although I disagreed with uh, his complaining a little bit, and he didn't really complain. He just said, of course, I want the ball more. And he, he expressed, a, you know, obviously he was unhappy. Um, they did throw him the football. And it looked like to me that uh, Brian Ball basically said, here's the deal. Don't let Devontae Adams beat you. Number 25 for the Giants was all over him, uh, you know, like a hobo on a ham sandwich, and he wasn't getting open. And when he did, the ball did come his way, he paid the price for it. Once in the middle of the field, once in the sideline. The one on the sideline, I didn't even know how he got up from. So, you know, they are going to try and get him the ball. Whoever the head coach of that team is going to try to get Devontae Adams the ball. It's just whether they can or not. Is Aiden Hill the answer for this team in the future? I don't want to say no. I don't want to be a naysayer. The guy's a rookie, man. I'm going to give him a chance. I just think playing quarterback in the NFL is a real tough road to haul, and I don't know if he's the guy to do it. And I do know that this coming upcoming quarterback class is one of the best there's been in a while. So 
this is Aiden O'Connell's chance to prove that he is and can be the future signal caller for the Las Vegas Raiders. Can he? I don't know, man. We'll see again today. We'll get another sample size today. Um, I know my Detroit Lions are playing the uh, the uh, San Diego uh, San Diego. I can't believe I said that. The uh, Los Angeles Chargers um, today, and, and I'm looking forward to that game as much as any. The Lions are actually three point favorites on the road in Los Angeles against the Chargers. On my preseason schedule, I had that game as a loss. Man, I hope I'm wrong. I've been wrong so far in a few games, 6-2 and two going in, and enough about the Lions. We head into Week 9 now. Um, th- this Raiders team, uh, again, talking about them to wrap up the bones against the, the New York Jets. And, Chris, I'll let you chime in real quick here because the Jets are your squad. The one thing the Jets do have, although last week was a little bit suspect, is they have a defense. And a defense on their best day can pretty much match up with almost any offense in the National Football League. The problem is, offensively, they're very challenged because they have a quarterback who is not multidimensional. He's a guy that is going to need to be protected and a guy that is going to have to be guided and is going to need a guy like Hall to really run the ball well in order for this team to succeed. Well, we're we're three years into Zach Wilson, and he still has his training wheels on. So that that kind of gives you an idea of where the Jets' offense is at. Look, they've dealt with a lot of injuries on the offensive line. The Jets would be a lot better if Aaron Rodgers was playing, but they are not a Super Bowl team. That offensive line was a disaster before the season started, and it's only gotten worse. Uh, look, I've been impressed with the Raiders. The, the, well, I was impressed with the Raiders last week, although I will say the offense kind of sputtered out in the second half against a bad New York Giant football team. But, look, you're still in the playoff race. The move to, to, to fire McDaniels, we'll see if it, if it turns out to be the right move. I mean, I don't think it's the wrong move. I'll, I'll say that. I mean, I never root for anyone to get fired. I hate that. But uh, Antonio Pierce seems to be the right guy. And, look, Brian, let, let's, let's not beat around the bush. I mean, this is a primetime game. The fans are going to be fired up. There's a lot of New York Jet fans in town, so it's going to be a, a lively atmosphere on Sunday night, but I mean, why, why are we not, you know, there, there's the 17,000 pound elephant in the room and that's the coach of Michigan, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Look, well, that's what, that's what uh, we're going to, if, if you're Mark Davis, you, you, you get that man on the phone. Look, look, his record with the 49ers was ridiculous and he's a really good football coach. I know no, ta- no titles at Michigan. I don't think you could judge him by that. He didn't win any titles at Stanford either. And he was a damn good football coach there. Uh, so look, he's going to be a hot commodity, I think, because there's going to be a couple teams looking. If he's if he's if he's willing to listen to you and he's willing to come to Vegas, you give that man a blank check. Uh, you know, if you, if you, if you're out on an island somewhere and you're a college football fan, uh, hopefully you got you're tuned in right now because the Big Ten Conference announced yesterday that the University of Michigan had been found in violation of the Big Ten sportsmanship policy for conducting an impermissible in-person scouting operation over multiple years, resulting in an unfair competitive advantage that compromised the integrity of competition. Big Ten Conference agreement, a 10.01 states in part that the Big Ten Conference expects all contestants involving a member institution to be conducted without compromise to any fund fundamental element of sportsmanship. Such fundamental elements include integrity of the competition, civility toward all, and respect, particularly toward opponents and officials. As a penalty imposed on the institution, the university uh, football team must compete without its head coach for the games remaining in the 
preseason, uh, regular season, effective starting yesterday against Penn State, this discriminatory action shall not preclude the university or its football team from having its head football coach attend practices or other football team activities other than the game activities to which it applies. For clarity, the head co- football coach shall not be present at the game venue on the dates of the games to which this disciplinary action applies simply said Jim Harbaugh will not coach the final three games yesterday being the first the final one next week Maryland and then of course the game against Ohio State he will not be behind the bench um what is going to happen with Jim Harbaugh I don't see him at the University of Michigan next year I don't know what's going to happen with the bowl game they're probably going to be in the playoff even if they lose to Ohio State they still have a good chance of getting into the playoff I don't see him losing to Maryland next week um what's going to happen will Harbaugh be allowed to coach those games I don't know. The game, those games, I don't know. Um, But I do think it is better than a 50% chance, and I'm saying that now, that Jim Harbaugh will be a head coach in the National Football League next year. Will it be here in Las Vegas? I don't know. The Chicago Bears are going to be coming calling. There's a few teams. The New York Giants, I don't know if they're going to be done with Brian DeBold after this year. They could be calling. That's a lucrative job, but I think he's going to end up in Las Vegas. No offense. Antonio Pierce, if Antonio Pierce has a spectacular end of the season with the Raiders, gets them close close to her in the playoffs. Maybe there's some argument for him taking over, but who knows? Listen, running short on time, guys. Let's get right to our picks of the week. And uh, last week, just so you know, running down, we went three and one cumulatively as a group here. The scooper, our number one guy, the prognosticator that has to win to continue next year. I'm going to change the rules a little bit too. But scooper joins us right now. Uh, last week, you took the Baltimore Ravens. Man, you definitely knew your stuff. They absolutely throttled Seattle and maybe some Meted themselves as potentially the best or at least the second best team in the AFC. The conversation is between them and KC, and KC's lost a couple of head scratchers, one for sure against the Denver Broncos. So maybe Baltimore is the best team in the AFC. But Scooper, you took them, you got the win, a 37 to 3 win. And I think we're going against each other this week, but I'll just clarify who you're going with. Uh, for myself, I'm going to go with the uh, Atlanta Falcons. This is a team that I was high on in the offseason. I think Desmond Ritter was holding them back with some uh, lackluster play. And I think Heineke should uh, be able to spin it around a little bit today. Atlanta is minus one and a half there on the road at at excuse me at Arizona and Arizona the little man's coming back to play quarterback for him today so that is going to be interesting uh, in Arizona to see what happens but I like that pick as well I did take a look at it I'm just going to tell you right now actually I'm going to let you guys go first uh, I'll let my 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 guys go first I hope I don't have to change my pick as we all try to do different picks but we'll let Chris go next Chris also won last week after it get, gets back off the snide. So we got three of us over 500. Chris is five and four. He took lot the Raiders against the Giants. He saw that coming, and boy, did he see it coming. Thirty to six. Who are you taking this week, Bags? Well, I'm double dipping, man. I'm going with the Raiders against the Jets. They're a home dog. Look, I watch the Jets week in, week out. They are inept offensively. They are not a good football team. They're not going to score a ton of points. This is going to be a really low scoring game. In fact, it's probably going to be a really ugly football game. But I like the Raiders at home. Look, I just have zero faith in Zach Wilson. I think the team quit on him. I think the team is done with Zach Wilson. The coaching staff isn't, but I think the players are. 
All right, you, you, uh, I, I can't argue with it. I think the Raiders beat the Jets today, although I think it's going to be a close game, and the line's indicative of that plus one. Real quickly, Spencer take, is taking the Steelers minus three, and I am going with the Buffalo Bills. I think they rebound. They've looked bad. They're five and four. I think they pound the donkeys today. Seven points isn't enough. I'm going to take Buffalo. Listen, we're out of time. I'm Brian Feldman. This is Out of Line. We are here every Sunday, 8 to 9, on Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. I want to thank Kevin Kruger to thank the scooper, of course, the Wiz, and uh, the producer, the guy behind the wheels of steel here, Chris Magnum Chapman. Couldn't do the show without any of them. And, uh, again, we'll be back next week. Uh, and maybe we'll talk. We'll start talking a little bit more about, uh, about um, college football because I've left that out. All right, man, that's it. We're out. See you next week. Bye-bye.